Yes. Thank you. Well done. Okay. Right. Um, well, you guys can all sit down. Thank you very much. It's great to come back and discover that people are doing new songs because um, that might not be new to, to you, but that's the first time I've seen us do that. And obviously, it's been a while because there's, there's audience participation <laughs> beyond the level I'm, I'd usually expect, which is really great to see. Some, some really excited and on-fire people when it comes to that. Perhaps we should do that one at the end as well. Um, no, well, we'll see how we go. Depends. I'm out of practice with this preaching, so uh, it may go a lot longer than I'd anticipated. But on the other hand, and we could be having coffee in five minutes, so um, we'll just have to we'll just have to wing it. Um, it's great to be back. It's great to have heard about how the church has been going while we've been away, uh, and it's great to see that the, the vision has been carried for us. Um, because vision is something that we often talk about in the abstract, but when it comes to this time of year when we do vision builders, it actually becomes really real. This is where the rubber meets the road. This is where we discover what sort of actions that we believe God is, is calling us to in terms of uh, building the vision for the church. And last week, I know that Nathan gave you some of the practical applications of all of this. But he also gave a, a bit of the theme and the heart behind vision builders. And so I want to I expand on that this morning. And so you know, uh, Nathan has, has used this scripture out of Isaiah, which uh, most of us, I hope, are familiar with, which is about expansion, expanding the place of our tent, putting out the, the ropes further and, and bracing for growth. And so this morning, I, I want to take the New Testament version of that, which I believe is found in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. And Jesus is talking to his disciples, and he says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now, I don't know about you, but this sounds like an adventure, this is not sitting in church and twiddling our thumbs and thinking, God, perhaps God will bless me. This is like, whoa, let's go. Let's move somewhere. Let's, let's go to Jerusalem. Well, actually, for us, that's sort of Norwood. So we go to Norwood. It's a great place to go. There's coffee in Norwood. Or we could go elsewhere in Adelaide. There's great places to eat in Adelaide. There's places to, to be. Or Australia. I've heard Australia is a really good place. There are places that I haven't visited in Australia that we'd like to go. And then there's, then there's the rest of the world. And you think, God is calling us to the ends of the earth. Why aren't we going? Oh, because I'm busy. I've got things to do. You know, there's, that, there's that old call. God says, you know, the, the world is out there. Who could I send? And some of us say, pick me. And other of us say, pick him. <laughs> or her. Or somebody else, but not me, because I'm busy. I'm busy doing what you've asked me to do, Lord, which is come to church and be good and, and follow the Ten Commandments and, and be a nice person. Isn't that what you've called me to do? No. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Who is you? Me and you. And you, you will be my witnesses. Who's you? It's us, every single one of us, in Jerusalem, 
Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Does that mean that we're all going to go on a journey from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria to the ends of the earth? No, he doesn't say that. He's just giving a scope for where we can be witnesses. We can be witnesses in some of those places, but you can't be witnesses to all of those places all at once, can you? No, is the answer to that question. Sorry. <laughs> I didn't realise you were waiting for uh, the answer to that. I, I thought that was sort of obvious, but okay. So the thing is that every single one of us is called to be a part of Jesus' plan to spread the gospel. And so when we look at this scripture, if we, if we look at a bit of the backstory, we should be a little bit surprised that Jesus is having to say this. Because previously, we know that in, in Matthew's gospel, there's something called the Great Commission. And we know that these disciples that Jesus is talking to right now have heard the Great Commission. Matthew 28, 19, it says, Jesus came and told his disciples, um, well, in verse 19, he says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. That sounds like a pretty clear directive. I mean, don't sit on your bum at home. Go and make disciples. And so here he is saying, yeah, well, this is where you're going to make disciples, and this is how you're going to do it. You're going to get the power of the Holy Spirit, and this thing needs to spread. You can't sit at home and do nothing. And you sort of think, well, why is he, why is he telling them this? And if we back up a couple of verses, we can see that it's actually in response to something that the apostles are doing. And verse 6 says, when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? And so you can see, the apostles had got hold of this idea that Jesus was sending them on an adventure, but they'd picked the wrong adventure. And sometimes I think we're a bit like that as a church, that they thought that Jesus was going to come and overthrow the Romans. They were basically saying, Jesus, where have you hidden the swords? Show us the weapons caches. Show us, show us the plan for taking over Rome. How are we going to kill all these Romans and have the kingdom of God take over again? Now, most of us, I don't think, are believing for that sort of thing. But we have this, our own idea of the adventure that God is sending us on. And often the adventure is a bit more comfortable, I think, than what God has planned in mind. Who's ever read about the, the way Australia was explored? You know, there's, there's people like Charles Sturt and, and Blacksland and, and uh, uh, Leichhardt and, and all these, none of which are Australian sounding names, I know. But, um, but they explored Australia, they went on an adventure, just like the one God's sending us on. But have you ever discovered what happened to a lot of these explorers? You read about their adventure and they started off with horses and wagons and... and uh, huge amounts of food and whatever. And somewhere in the story, and it always seems to happen, they run out of food. They have to kill the horses. The wagons all break down. People die. People get eaten by things. Uh, and the adventure doesn't seem to turn out that well. And, and my question is, who wants to go on one of those adventures? None of us. We're all sensible people. And yet God is actually calling us to an adventure which has danger in it, risk, there's the chance that we may go hungry. There's the chance that life may not turn out quite the way we wanted it to. 
And so most of us say, well, if that's the sort of adventure God wants me to go on, then not interested. But the thing is, what if those explorers had thought the same thing? They wouldn't have got anywhere. They actually discovered things about our country which have made it what it is today. Because they actually stepped out and did something bold for future generations, even for their generation. They explored something, they took risks, which yielded great rewards, even though there were great hardships along the way. And actually, God has called us to have that sort of spirit. But the great thing about God is that he, sends, he, he says, not that you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere, and left it at that. He said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So we don't actually have to worry about the fact that we're going to starve. We might lack food for a bit, but the power that drives us is, doesn't come for us. It's not about our own skills and exploring. It's not about our own uh, human strength, which is never enough. But it's about the, the strength that God has promised us as we start out on this adventure. And so you think, well, okay, what's that got to do with vision builders? Because vision builders is a way of fulfilling what God has asked us to do while we're doing what we think God wants us to do. Because he wants us to change our thinking. He wants us actually to do something uncomfortable. And vision builders is a time of year where we come before you and we talk about God's vision and plan for our church and we say, this is going to make you feel uncomfortable because we are going to ask you to do something which is different from what we might normally expect to do. Is actually going to cause you pain. We're going to ask, ask you to sacrifice something and we want you to be happy about it and get on board. It's a ridiculous thing to ask. But we're not asking it in our strength. We're not asking it because Vicky and I need you to get on board with our plan for this church because we have this great idea for raising money because we want to go on long service leave again. And I'll tell you a bit about, uh, about that and our, and our journey with Vision Builders last year uh, in just a moment. But we can see that our focus when it comes to Vision Builders, if you've read the Vision Builders brochure, which I hope you have because it's a brilliant brochure, I think that was, uh, my ideas in that have just come to fruition in such a wonderful way and it's just, it's just such an amazing brochure which I actually had nothing to, whatsoever to do with. <laughs> Um, the, the team and, and Ben who put it all together have done an absolutely magnificent job. I actually love it. And it, what really irks me is I can't claim any credit for it whatsoever. Um, but it's really, really good. Just don't, don't tell ben. ben. Is Ben here? He's out the back. No, forget, forget I said anything. Um, uh, but the thing is, if, if you read it and you, you look in it, it encompasses everything. That, that Jesus is talking about here. We're, we're looking at having an impact in Jerusalem, which for us is Norwood. We're, we're looking at consolidating and expanding on what we have already built in this place. But we're also looking to Judea and Samaria. You know, we're looking at a, a location outside of where we are here. We're looking at expanding that as possibly the first of many of looking outside of that. But we also have money that we're putting aside to help people in communities outside our own, and even to the ends of the earth where we go to Fiji, which is only four-hour flight, actually, but um, 
when you're there, let me tell you, when compared to here, it is the ends of the earth. It is warm in Fiji. You get up in the morning and nothing aches in Fiji. Even if you've been building a house the day before and you've sweated and you, your muscles, are, you wake up in the morning and it's like, ah, this is heaven. And so you come back to Adelaide and everything tightens up again. But So it's, it's great to be able to go to the ends of the earth sometimes. But without vision builders, we can't have an influence there. Most of us aren't going to be able to go to Fiji. But we can all have an impact. And let me tell you, and you'll have to take my word for this, but the impact that we have there is phenomenal. We, it, it's hard for me to get across the difference that just the small time we spend there makes in the lives of a whole community. Uh, even just the interactions, that they over there feel that they know you. If you turned up and said you were from our church, they would, they would, you'd be part of the family straight away because of, of what we do. I know, I know that I think Leisha and, and uh, Ashley talked about the impact that they had on one of the families over there without, without even lifting a finger. They got the boys to, to do it. Uh, <laughs> um, but they impacted the life of one of the Fijian pastors who's been struggling with um, disease and, and, and uh, uh, fairly radical surgery uh, with some such simple ideas that because of the, the, the lack of knowledge there had never occurred to them. But two people came along with a heart to, to make a difference and bang. But that's our, that comes from, from vision builders. And so Jesus' plan is often not what we expect. You know, we sit here when we pray for, for not, none of us to get the flu. Uh, thanks for that. That didn't work. Um, uh, we pray for, for, for jobs and for, and for health. And, and those things are great to pray for. And it's great to know that God works in our lives and helps us. But that's actually, that's actually secondary stuff. That, that happens because we're actually focusing on vision. It's, it's not, we shouldn't aim for God to be blessing us. We should be aiming to do God's plan. And in doing God's plan, guess what? The blessings overflow into our lives. And we can have great testimonies of what is, is happening in people's lives. Not because they focused on that, but because they actually focused on something that God wanted them to do. And as a, as a corollary, as a sort of a side issue, God says, oh, let, let's have blessing fall on them. And so that's what Vision Builders is about. It's not about not focusing on us. It's about not even having us blessed, but it's about focusing on what God wants for the church. Even my offering message this morning, because I think we, we, we get a bit caught up with the fact that, you know, we're interested in the latest project, the, the latest push, you know, the newest church. We're looking to plant a new location. Does that mean that our old location isn't important? And so we've got this, this situation in, in Corinthians where Paul, in his sarky way, says, look, I don't need you to write to, write to you about this, uh, about this ministry of giving for the believers in Jerusalem. So it's interesting that he's talking to the churches at the end of the world, well, it's Greece, actually. I think we discover in the next verse, he says, uh, I've been boasting to the churches in Macedonia that you in Greece were ready to send an offering a year ago. And so he's talking to far-flung churches. 
And yet the offering he's taken up is for the church in Jerusalem. It's the sending church. It's the, it's the original church. And you sort of think, well, surely they're going gate guns now. They're, they're, the, they're, they're the original plant. They're, they're healthy. But no, they actually were going through str- uh, struggle as well. And so Paul has no hesitation saying, okay, you guys, we're all in this together. And I'm calling in the, the, the chips that I have, if you like, to say, you need to bring money back to Jerusalem. So it's not, a, it's not a one-way thing. It's not us sort of stretching ourselves to the very limits to expand our influence. It's actually about consolidating what we've got as well as heading out and doing new things. God, God works both ways. And so our Vision Builders does exactly the same. You know, we, we've got a focus that's here and we've got a focus that's outward as well. But we're not, we're not leaving an empty shell when we, we're moving out into the rest of the world. And so we've, we've got a balance happening, but it involves a change in our lives. It involves doing something that's inconvenient because it's never convenient to give more money because Vision Builders is, is not part of our general budget. It's on top of it. You sort of think, well, gosh, we, we give to this church already and you're asking us to, to do something more. Yes, I am. And I'm not ashamed of it because I know that God moves when we step out above what is comfortable, above what is normal, above what is routine and everyday. And so we're starting afresh, a new, a new vision builders. We do it over 12 months. We ask people to, to pledge money. And I'm here to tell you it isn't always easy. See, last year, and this isn't a testimony, so because... This is, this is just an example of, of the things that God will do to get your attention. Now, Vicky and I started Vision Builders 20 years ago, I guess. And we started it by selling our house and putting what we'd made into Vision Builders. We, thought we felt God had asked us to start this um, with a bang, as it were. And so we've been holding on to the promise that we had that God was, if we built God's house, God was going to build ours. And so last year I felt that as we'd, we'd reached a point in our lives where we, we were actually going to um, start, well, we'd started saving money, but we were really pushing to buy a block of land so that we can build a house on it so that in our retirement uh, we're not paying rent and you know, we can actually live without, with our own house, which we don't have at the moment. And so I really felt that in the middle of all this, well, it was actually at the beginning, God gave me a specific amount to give into vision builders. And I did what most of you would have done, which was get behind me, Satan. Um, I, can't, I can't do that. And God gently pointed out that he wasn't actually asking more than I could give. This wasn't something I had to say, well, I don't know where it's coming from, but if God's going to do it, then you know, I'm believing for a miracle, I'll put in a pledge for that. God showed me how I could do it. And his plan made sense, much to my horror. Um, and so I started on that road, basically um, because you know, Vicky and I are employed part-time here. We both have outside jobs. And, and I believe God said to me that the money that you get from your outside job, all of that will go into Vision Builders. And, I th- and the amount he gave me and the amount, that, that sort of adds up. And I thought, well, okay, I, I can do this. I was on fire. Um, and after the, the, the first couple of payments, it suddenly occurred to me that 
this was normal income for me and, and normally I tithed on it. But what I'd done was I'd put it straight into vision builders. And you know, I don't know whether this, this is how your mind worked, but my mind went to, uh-oh, I haven't thought this through. This is still income. I need to be tithing on this as well as giving to vision builders. So suddenly in my mind, I have to earn 10% more than I'd imagined to actually cover this. And so I'm sort of starting to freak out slightly about this. What I thought was comfortable is suddenly no longer comfortable. And of course, in the mid, uh, six months into this, we go on long service leave, or at least we, we have to start planning for long service leave. And it amazes me the number of people we met when we were going on long service leave who said, where are you going? Like I'm thinking, how do people go places on long, does money sort of grow on trees when you announce you're going on long service leave? Not only didn't we have any money, but any extra money that we'd normally have, I'd, I'd promised division builders. And so suddenly instead of getting easier, it's a bit like the, the exploration expeditions I was talking about. Suddenly we're running out of food and we're having to shoot the horses. <laughs> And so, for this last 12 months, it hasn't actually been easy for me to fulfil my pledge to vision builders. And I'm still hanging on, there's what, two weeks to go. And I'm, I'm believing that I'm going to scrape across the line. I can see how I can nearly get there, but there's got to be a miracle in there somewhere. And frankly, some days it depresses me. I'm thinking, why did God ask me to do this when it was... It's, it's stuffed our life up. It, it made our long service leave... No, it didn't. <laughs> it, was, it was a good story, though. Um, but it, it, we had to change things. There was a sacrifice involved that I, I deeply felt. And I haven't seen a scrap of blessing out of it. Yet. But what keeps me going is the fact that I know that out of sacrifice, out of... Out of this pain, and you know, let's be fair, it's a, it's a first world problem. <laughs> We're hardly starving. But God has done something inside of me which has made me see past the pain to believe that somehow what I'm doing is going to bear fruit. I cannot see it yet. I cannot, it's not comfortable. This is why it's not a testimony, because I'm not, I can't, I can't say, look, I did this and things that have really worked out because they haven't. But I think that it's at the hope that we carry on. It's the faith we have in God because I know that no matter what happens to me, I have actually put money into something bigger than myself which is, which is going to affect the future years of this church and possibly the future generations of this church whether I see the benefits from it or not. And I think this is what Jesus is, is telling us. He's saying, stop looking at the blessing you might get out of it. Look at what it's going to do if you fulfill my dream, my vision in your life. You're going, to, you're going to change the world. And if it costs a bit, what does it matter? We are here to change the world. But we have to decide to do it. So I, I want to encourage you as, you, as you look at your vision builders brochures if you look at the idea of being involved the power of vision builders is not how much is pledged and how much comes in it's actually about how many people decide to be involved if God can see a church that is a hundred percent committed to its vision and its future 
whether you can only give $2 or $5 or even $10 for the car. <laughs> what, if, if, if it's your tax return that goes in, or even a bit of your tax return. It doesn't matter what it is. If you have said, I am part of this vision and I am giving to it, then God sees that. If every single one of us contributed something, I believe that is more powerful than having one person in here who's rich who says, I'm going to give half a million dollars more than anybody's pledged. We're not going to turn that down. But I believe the power in the vision is the fact that everybody rallies behind it and says, we are walking forward, believing that Jesus Christ has called us to be his witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Can we all stand, please? When it comes to things like this, I, I, I don't want to make you pray something that you might not want to. It'd be good to say, repeat after me, I pledge to. <laughs> so I actually want to pray for you this morning. And I, and I just want you to receive this. Can you bow your heads and close your eyes? And Lord, I pray this morning that your Holy Spirit settles on the heart and the mind of every single person here. I thank you that as we listen to your voice, that still small voice, that we hear the vision you have for our participation in your plan and your purpose. For this year, to give into something bigger than ourselves. For C3 Norwood Vision Builders to actually be a part of our life in some way. And I pray that you make that clear to every single one of us as we move forward in your vision, in your purpose. Speak to us, let us hear, and let us move in obedience through the power of your Holy Spirit. And in the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. And while you're standing here, you may, you may be here and you may not be a follower of Jesus. And I applaud you for being here if you're not. It's great that we welcome people into our community who don't necessarily yet believe in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Saviour. And if you don't make a decision to change that this morning, please keep coming. But I want to offer Anybody here who feels that way, who's not a follower of Jesus, but perhaps this morning wants to say, okay, I've heard about the plans Jesus has for the lives of his followers, and I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of that community of God. And I want to offer you an opportunity this morning to make that decision. You may be, even be someone who comes to church regularly. You've professed a faith in Jesus, but you recognize that your relationship with him is perhaps really, very low at the moment, that you can't really claim to be having a relationship with Jesus. Jesus wants to renew that relationship with you. And so if you feel that you fall into either of those categories, if you're someone who doesn't know Jesus but would like to make a decision this morning to actually call yourself a Jesus follower, even a disciple, if you like. Or you want to come back. You want to renew 
that relationship you have with him. I'd love to pray with you. I'd love for us actually all to pray a prayer of redemption and salvation. But before we do, I'd, I'd like to know just personally who I'm praying for. So while every eye is closed and every head is bowed, if that's you, can you just raise your hand quickly right now for me so that I can see it, so that I know who I'm praying with as we pray this prayer? Is there anybody here who wants to pray that prayer with us? Awesome. Open your eyes. Lord, pray for us all this day. Let us walk with you, not just today, but every day of the week. We ask you to give us new boldness to preach your word. We ask you to be with us in every situation that we face in our lives this week. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you. Why don't we thank Pastor Chris?